Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. Most of us at times felt like we were 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Well, David tells us his amazing story, living the life of a real estate agent with a $2,000 a day heroin addiction and the irony of where he ended up. I don't think um, uh, anyone could have a bigger crisis than their life where they're facing whether they should uh, take their life and terminate their, their existence on this earth or um, uh, and they've got so much, they've got so much uh, lack of hope that they, that they look at an alternative of um, you know, jail or, or death. Wow. What brought you to that point? Well, I, I guess there was, it doesn't, doesn't, things like this don't happen overnight. Uh, it started off with basically having a, quite a privileged background, um, being given probably everything that I, that I wanted, and then um, all of a sudden the turnaround was that... Um, uh, being given sort of drugs as a, being passed drugs at, a, at, a, at the age of about um, 20, uh, 20 years, I, I took that on board and and then um, assumed that I was bulletproof and um, then went in a, a real slide with um, heroin addiction, um, travelling around the world trying to um, maintain a habit in various countries that I'd visit. Um, ending up in Sri Lanka, where I lived for a year with a couple of friends of mine, and and then just coming back to Australia uh, with this huge habit and uh, trying to deal with that, and ultimately stealing off my family and selling um, a unit that I had on the waterfront in Sydney and and property I had in in the western suburbs just to um, just to survive a two thousand dollar a day habit in nineteen eighty three. Two thousand dollars a day. Yep. Wow. And you were stealing off your family and um, you sold that property. Yes, I, I was a real estate agent and um, I acquired a reasonable amount of money and assets and and um, and I had a, a harbourfront unit in Sydney, wow. Mossman, and um, and I sold that to a, to a dealer, to a drug dealer. No. And um, to get uh, X amount of drugs and then uh, other properties, they just went. And then when all of my money went, I decided that I'd, I'd um, you know, I, I felt a bit angry towards my parents that uh, they wouldn't give me any more money. And so I, I actually went to my mother's safe and took out uh, uh, $20,000 worth of jewellery and and hopped it. Well, I hopped it for twenty thousand dollars. It was probably a lot more money than that with jewelry. Mm. And hopped it for twenty thousand dollars at different um, pawn shops in Sydney. And the and I, actually the insanity was that I put the hock slips back in the safe, thinking, oh well, it's only the money I'm stealing. It's not the the things. So she can go and uh, my mother could go and get it out from the hock shoppers herself. And I was probably on a on a course of thinking, well. As soon as this money goes, I'm going to um, I'm going to commit suicide, and that'll be the end of it. No, wow. So that's how despairing I was. How did it change? What made you change your mind? Well, fortunately, I've got a I've got a very tough brother-in-law, and um, and who who was seeing me run right and 
And he said to my parents, look, really, the only way you're going to stop them, stop him from doing doing this is to call the police. So my father rang a police officer that he knew and um, said, look, can you can you arrest, arrest my son and lock him up for a few days just to shock him? You know, maybe he'll, he'll come to his senses. Because my father always thought, oh, look, he just needs to be shocked and then he can come and work back in the real estate company again. But uh, I was so so crazy and and um, that I was arrested and I just abused my parents and blamed them and and uh, the police officer said basically look if you let him out if you just take him out of here after after a few days this was if you take him out of here he's just going to be um, the same so I actually funded up to a magistrate on the Monday morning and the magistrate said. Um, Either you informally charged me for stealing um, my mother's jewellery and um, and said, look, you either go to the Long Bay or the Salvation Army for help. And initially I said, no, look, I'll go to Long Bay. I'll show my parents how dare they do this to me. And um, fortunately that the police officer there, he came up to me and whispered to me in the dock and he said, um, mate, you know, your father's out the front. He's in tears. You know what are you doing? So that was that was a sort of a, an emotional point for me, and I thought, all right, I'll go to the Salvation Army. So I went to the Salvation Army's Bridge Program, and then you went to Miracle Haven. Yeah, I was I was one of those people who had the opportunity to go to the farm, but I was such a rat bag back in '83 <laughs> that at um, uh, normally you would stay at the William Booth Institute in Surrey Hills for three weeks, and then moved to the Miracle Haven. They kept me at um, William Booth House for 10 weeks uh, because they really didn't think that I would um, I would make it to the farm. Really? But after 10 weeks, I, I was uh, sent to Miracle Haven, and um, and from there, my life changed. I'll never, I'll never forget the um, my first impression. I was picked up by you know, quite a large... Twenty seater bus that the army had, and we were taking whole about ten of us to to the farm at Morrisett, and just sitting in the bus going over the cattle grid into the farm. I still have the memories of the sight of seeing this beautiful lush property um, with cattle grazing and um, beautiful gum trees, uh, big big uh, white gums, and and then seeing the river twisting around the bottom of this this lush land, this dairy dairy property, and thinking, gee, you know, this is um, this is a nice spot to be. This is a nice place. Wow. So there was a sort of a serenity there that I felt as soon as I'd got there. I heard a lot about the farm from my ten weeks at, at um, in Albion Street. But um, really, to get there, I, I was really quite impressed. I wasn't impressed when I saw the accommodation. <laughs> uh, when I saw the, the falling down buildings and and uh, holes in the fibro and things like that that were covered up with paint, and but you know, I guess I looked beyond. I looked beyond that and started to see relationships with with different people. Did you go through uh, withdrawal symptoms at William Booth House or at Miracle Haven, or where did you experience that? Well, certainly went through the withdrawals at, um, at uh, Surrey Hills at William Booth House. Yeah. And uh, I was in pyjamas there for, for about four days and and uh, very much a detoxing. And, yeah. And, um, but, but by the time I got to the farm, I'd, 
I was sort of, I was ready for to change. I was ready to, I, I realised that there was hope and there was that big sign at, at Albion Street on the wall saying there is hope, which was encouragement for me. Did you have a faith before all this? Look, I, I believe I was, I was saved. Um, I found Jesus Christ as my saviour back in uh, the in about 1970. 15 years later. What an irony, don't you think? No, look, very much so. I, there was there was very very much a um, a sense of deja vu when I um, when I was given the appointment and I, uh, to, to take up the uh, management of, of Miracle Haven. It was um, it wasn't without tears. I must admit, I I thought, gee, you know, not that I'd achieved. You know, I, I didn't really think that I'd achieved anything myself, but I, but I, it was more of a, an absolute privilege to to be a part of, um, you know, helping people who were who were the same as what I'd felt when I went there, and and I I just I just completely identified at that time when I got my appointment to to be the manager. I I just identified it with. The, the person who was coming over the bridge in the in the bus, yeah. you know, and I just thought, gee, you know, I I remember what it felt like, and I want to never forget what it felt like because I want to be able to help um, that person to um, be supported the way I was supported. But I had it coming, Lord, to tell the truth. David Twivey, a former real estate agent with bags of property and a $2,000 a day heroin addiction. He lost all his property, resigned himself that suicide was the best way out, but he was changed forever thanks to a very tough brother-in-law, along with the Salvo's William Booth House and Miracle Haven programs. Just a couple of the many amazing programs by NGOs worldwide. Miracle Haven is actually relocating with a new name, but if you need help, you can always call the Salvos on 13 Salvos. You've got light and life. Yeah, it's time I drive.